who, in your mind, who's the starting other guard? First of all, did you say Obre Jr.? Come on, bro. It's Obre Jr. Man, get it together. First of all, you got to get the names right. Okay. You get your names right say. for all these stats well, you do? first you of all, right? you know, Anthony wants the big, everyone's got the big three. Anthony wants, like, the big ten. <laughs> five. Five would do. Just give me a starting five. What do you, what do you think, like, Okay, you know? okay. All right, stop the shenanigans. <laughs> all of a sudden. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Matter of Stats podcast. We are back with you once again. Myself, Anthony, Kobe, Billy, the fellas, all in the house virtually. Gentlemen, what's going on? <laughs> Did you say virtually? Yeah. Well, because, you oh. know, we in the house, but we not in the house. <laughs> wow. Oh, boy. Okay. What's happening? <laughs> Is it Trade Machine Tuesday yet? <laughs> hey. You're done. Trade trade machine season is over. Oh, the trade machine's open twenty four seven. It never closes. Billy, how you doing? I'm great. I'm ready great. to go. Wow, nice. Wow. That's, yeah, that's surprising for Billy. That might okay. be a first. I love it. All right. <laughs> Before we get started, we always like to remind everybody to please check out the Matter of Stats podcast anywhere you find your podcasts. Check out our Twitter, our IG, and our YouTube page. All right, got some good headlines this week. Um, so in the NFL, there are several players that will be suspended this upcoming season for violating the gambling policy. Domingo Herman, Billy, your boy, he threw a perfect game last week, the 24th perfect game in MLB history against the Oakland A's, 11 nothing. Obviously, we'll touch more on this as NBA free agency has begun and uh, is well underway. But the Lakers, they signed a few new players. Uh, Gabe Vincent, Cam Reddish, Torian Prince, uh, Jackson Hayes. And as expected, they re-signed Rui, Reeves, and D'Lo. So we'll dive more into that later. Fred Van Fleet. Billy, like you said, he got paid. All mm-hmm. caps. He signed a three-year, $130 million deal with the Rockets. Um, there was some other news. We can't get into everything, of course, uh, but uh, a couple small trades. The Nets traded uh, Joe Harris to Detroit, and the Wizards traded uh, point guard Monty Morris to Detroit. So Detroit with a couple nice pickups there. We, we, we can't get into all the trades, but a couple small ones here. <laughs> well, just, you know, ones that, are sig- ones that are, you know, I thought that were, you know, relatively significant because they're, you know, solid players in Detroit kind of building a squad there. Yeah, we could talk about, sure, yeah, Kyrie re-signed in Dallas and Draymond re-signed in Golden State. We, we could go all day, but we don't have that kind of time, and you guys won't let me anyways. So <laughs> in some boxing news, undisputed super middleweight champion Canelo Alvarez, I've heard of him, will take on undisputed junior middleweight champion Jermel Charlo on September 30th in Las Vegas. It's the first time that two undisputed fighters have faced each other in the men's boxing four-bell error. So that's pretty interesting. And finally, this soap opera that is Damian Lillard. He requested a trade officially out of Portland. Uh, There are a few teams, of course, expected to be interested, but 
the heat uh, are his preferred destination. That is the report that he wants to find a way to get to Miami uh, one way or another. Uh, gentlemen, those are some of the headlines this week. I, I don't know how, how Domingo German is my boy, but okay. <laughs> He's on your fantasy team. You didn't even yeah, know that. Huh, that doesn't mean we're boys. We're not, we're not hanging out. <laughs> Bill, I I, I, I expected you to be like, he's on my fantasy team. <laughs> yeah, there's like a hundred players on our fantasy team. That's ridiculous. <laughs> like I didn't even know he was there. We can make our own league. Um, <clears throat> yeah, that's a great that's a great accomplishment there. You don't you don't see that you don't see that too often. But uh, yeah, that's really cool. And um, I'm surprised about Lillard, man. I I I thought it might happen eventually, but I didn't think he'd be the one to request it. But um, I don't know. Some something must have clicked, or he just said, "Yeah, it's it's about time that I, you know, go ahead and do something for myself for once." And uh, you know, hopefully it works out for him. I like him; he's a great player. I mean, I wish we could get him, but obviously yeah, no, we're not going to be able to. But uh, yeah. you know what clicked? It's called losing. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, they get tired of it. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, they don't really have any pieces around them anymore, so. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm all free agency out, to be honest with you. Uh, I mean, there was just so much that happened in those first two days. My phone was pinging yeah, like crazy. So all of us were trying to get oh, posts so up. And yeah, it was just wild. Anthony, I, you know, I know it's like Christmas for you, but I'm pooped, honestly. So I loved it. I loved it. Just, I still love it. I want more. I want more. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Anthony, on a, free agency all, all year long. Oh, said. I love it. No games played, just free agency. Yeah. Oh, that'd be so great. Just trades 24-7, but nobody actually plays the games. <laughs> on a... <laughs> oh my God. On, a, uh, on another note, though, I, I am excited for this uh, Canelo-Charlo fight uh, at the end of September. Um, you know, although Spence and Crawford coming up weeks here is uh, arguably the biggest fight in boxing that can be made. Uh, Canelo and Charlo has the potential to produce some, uh, some fireworks as well. Um, it's, uh, more than likely going to do more pay-per-view buys because Canelo's, you know, boxing's cash cow, but, uh, they're also going to be able to market it nicely. Cause like you said, Anthony, it's undisputed champ versus undisputed champ, which is something that hasn't, you know, been done in the, in men's boxing yet, but I'm going to give the edge to Canelo still. Uh, Charlo is uh, moving up two weight classes, which is tough to do uh to fight a guy you know who just over a year ago in canelo was the pound for pound best fighter on the planet you know but if charlo could pull it off uh and that could go down as a as a fight of the year so um it's a very interesting fight and it'll it'll be fun to see as well so yeah i think uh obviously from you know from the headline and you know you guys is more the boxing experts than i seems like it's a pretty pretty big fight so yeah all right. Well, since Kobe is all free agency out, why don't we talk about free agency? <laughs> uh, yeah. So let's recap first, uh, you know, what the Lakers did in free agency. Uh, we touched on it uh, in the headlines. Uh, we just want to go a little bit deeper, give our uh, synopsis and opinion on what we what we thought of synopsis. it. Synopsis, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. You can look that up later. Uh, as expected the Lakers were able to re-sign and retain Austin Reeves, uh, Ruby Hachimura, and D'Angelo Russell. Uh, I think what was maybe a little bit of a surprise was the deals. You know, you you heard for several weeks that teams could try to, you know, 
hurt the Lakers chances by offering Reeves a four year hundred, you know, plus million dollar deal. Uh, but that didn't happen. The Lakers, you know, got him, you know, for a relatively, you know, pretty good deal, four years, 56 mil. Um, uh, same thing with, you know, Rui, Rui could have got huge offers. It wasn't, you know, his deal wasn't too bad. You know, I think he's getting about what, 17 mil a year. So yeah, I think you know all, all affordable and D'Lo, you know, we talked about this, you know, at length, right. D'Lo was a max guy before he was making 30, what, $32 million or something at the final year of his deal that we had him on last year. And, you know, to get him for two years, 37 million, that, that was even better than I thought. I thought it would be probably two years, 40, two years, 45. So I think that the Lakers did really well just financially to bring the guys back at a reduced cost. Knowing, of course, that we weren't going to get Kyrie or Van Fleet because, you know, those guys, were they came off the board quick. Obviously, they got huge deals. Talked about Van Fleet. Uh, so the Lakers, you know, did what they did what they did. You know, keeping D'Lo at that point was probably the best point guard left. That was one of the areas they had to address. Um, but uh, at least it was uh, affordable deals. Now let's talk real quick about the new additions to the roster. Um, Gabe Vincent. Shout out uh, new edition. Yeah, shout out new edition, right? <laughs> My boy Ralph Tresvan, right? Was He was in new edition, right? Ralph Tresvan? I don't know. Anyways. That Bobby, Bobby <laughs> Brown, Michael Bivens is all I remember. <clears throat> wasn't Ralph Trezant in there too? Anyways, okay. Sorry. Uh, Gabe Vincent uh, from Miami. You know, obviously, you know, the the basketball world knows a lot more of him recently because of, you know, Miami's run to the finals. And Gabe Vincent was one of those guys that, you know, just was fantastic for them, especially uh, you know, in the late playoff runs in the finals. He really stood out from what he did during the regular season. But He's a, he's a point guard, 27 years old, 6'3". Uh, last year during the regular season for Miami, averaged nine points, 33% from three, so not a high-level three-point shooter. Did average about a steal a game, uh, but got him on a, a pretty reasonable deal, three years, 31 mil. So it didn't even take the full mid-level exception for the Lakers to, to get him. So they got him at a little bit of a discount as well. Uh, Cam Reddish, a guy that we've talked about for, what, Kobe, over a year? realistically mm-hmm. right the Lakers been been you know trying to find a marriage with him for over a year uh and he's bounced around you know hasn't had great success in his recent places but still tons of upside 23 years old six seven and for Portland last uh, season played pretty well 10 points per game 31 percent from three so Again, not a highly efficient three-point shooter, but can hit it. And also versatile. He averaged about a steal a game, too. Uh, Torian Prince, uh, veteran, another wing, 29 years old, 6'6", 6'7". For Minnesota last year, he averaged nine points a game, shot 38% from three, which is really good. The the highest efficiency shooter the Lakers picked up. Um, And he wasn't too bad either uh, on a $4 million a year deal. So another relatively affordable value signing for the Lakers and uh, Jackson Hayes, uh, former, you know, top pick. Of course you remember he was part of the AD trade, right? He was that pick that went to new Orleans that then went to, I think like Atlanta or something. And so still young, 23 years old, about seven feet tall, very athletic, uh, 
very you know good big body, can run the floor, can rebound, can block shots. Um, last year for the Pelicans, didn't get a, a huge run, didn't get a lot of minutes. He's been banged up a little bit here and there. Only averaged five points a game, but um, over his career, he's about um, a block or so a game. So there's tons of upside there. And interestingly enough, I you know we you you've seen this floating around, but Reddish, Hayes, and Rui were yeah. all. All first round picks, right? They were like seven, eight, nine, I think, yeah. or six, seven, eight in that, in that seven, draft. Eight, so, seven, eight, nine. Yeah. So, so you can see there's definitely upside there. There's definitely potential. Um, but I think a theme from what you saw the Lakers do, besides keeping the core, which I know you're going to talk about because I know you guys are in love with that, was they wanted versatile, younger, athletic players. Obviously, length was a key. You, you saw the, Finally, right? We've been crying, dying for wings. Last year, what did we do? We signed a bunch of six foot guards. This year, none of that. So six seven, six seven, six three, seven foot. So the Lakers finally have wings, right? Reeves, Rui, Vando, Reddish, Prince, LeBron. So there's actually some real depth at the wing position, some real length. Um athleticism and this is a little bit what the lakers do right you take a flyer on some of like the reddishes and the haze on cheap vet men type deals just like they did with malik monk right another former lottery pick that ended up working out well for the lakers and then you know he ended up you know earning himself a a lot more money uh in sacramento so just to touch on the numbers of the roster here so the lakers um now have 13 players under contract. So two roster spots are still available. Uh, This year, a little change to the rules. Uh, You can dress 15 players on the bench. So in previous years, you could only have 13 dressed active players. So now you can have 15. So I wonder if that'll change the mindset of the Lakers and some other teams where, you know, the Lakers historically the last couple of years like to, start camp with about 14 players and leave one spot open just in case somebody impresses in summer league or somebody impresses in preseason or a veteran gets waived. Um, so it'd be interesting to see if the Lakers sign two more players or just one, uh, given the money they spent and the cap restrictions, they only have two, uh, vet men spots available. So we can't go out and get somebody significant unless they're willing to play for, uh, the vet minimum. Um, so you could argue if the Lakers made major improvements, minor improvements, but like I said, the clear, clearly they got younger, they got more versatile, they got length. Um, they added some three point shooting. So we'll see how that transitions. I still think there is a need, uh, to get more three point shooting uh, as always, but, um, clearly I think it's a slight improvement from last season. So Billy, what were your thoughts on the Lakers? Free agent moves. That was a lot to take in. <laughs> hey, man, that's what we do. Yeah, we, pro- we, pro- we provide in-depth analysis. That's why we're brilliant. Uh, I, li- I liked it. I mean, we didn't do, you know, the so-called big splash or right. anything like that. But we addressed many needs to start as opposed to, like you said, as opposed to last year where we just try to throw a bunch of guards together. Um I, I like the link that we have. Uh, we have a lot more depth. We have guys that can play the three and four spot. If we want to go small, we can do that. Um, you're right. We probably could use maybe if we can get grab another uh, 
shooter, mm-hmm. you know, that maybe just they're just a solid three point shooter, and that's basically why we get them because we every every other position and skill set we pretty much have right now. So I like the fact that we kept the majority of the core together that we had um, from last year's trade deadline that got us to where we got. So with a full full uh, training camp and everything together, and another year under you know Darvin Ham's belt, I think we can uh, we can make another run at this. And you know I'm not going to go out and predict everything and all that, but uh, I'm, I'm excited. And I you know tell friends that uh, I've been talking with, they're more excited than they have been in years. They they normally don't start watching games till like mid season, but now they're they're excited. Like oh, I can't wait for the season to start. So. Um, I like it. it. It's exciting. I like what we're doing right now, and uh, you know, we'll see how it all pans out. And Anthony, you finally got your boy Reddish. <laughs> <laughs> You're finally stop getting those texts. <laughs> finally, <laughs> finally. I hope he doesn't make me look bad. I was gonna say, let's see how long it takes for him to get into the trade machine. Yeah, the first know, Tuesday right? of the season. <laughs> the hey, machine. you don't understand. Getting in the trade machine is a rite of passage. Okay, it's an honor. <laughs> An honor. Oh, oh brother. <laughs> oh, man. Die on your sword, huh? Um, <laughs> so, first of all, let me just say this. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing that less than six months ago, when we recorded episode 24 on January 11th, before the trade deadline, there wasn't a single fan in Lakers Nation, besides myself, that I know of, on social media or national media that was supporting Rob Palink. Everyone was wanting him fired. Am I wrong? No, you're not. People lost their mind when he signed that four-year extension to remain GM last offseason. You guys remember that? Yep. Kind of forgot about that. Everybody wanted the Rambi ousted. I haven't heard a peep about the Rambi in a while. How about that? I still do. I still do. And, <laughs> and now, since Friday, all that you're hearing is people say, let Rob cook. Lakers had the best free agency out of any. Rob pulled a rabbit out of the hat at last season's trade deadline. Anthony, that was your quote last week's episode. But at least if there's any consolation to any of it, at least few in the media that have admitted to criticizing Rob and then apologizing on national TV. You know, we saw, we saw Perk do it and a few others. I've even seen a few fans on social media doing it. Uh, so, you know, that's pretty cool to see. Um, but now my only question is, is Anthony going to do it? Anthony, are you going to apologize to Rob for him ousted as vice president of basketball operations and general manager of the Los Angeles Lakers? The floor is yours to do so before I get into my analysis of our offseason signings. Uh, no, I still think that <laughs> I've, I'm always an advocate of a hard we no, should have huh? the best possible front office. And Rob should, if you're a general manager of the Lakers, you should be the best general manager in basketball. That's just that's just how I feel because we're the Lakers. Maybe, you know, I'm overvaluing. Maybe I'm being a bit snobbish, but that's how I feel. So has Rob done well? Yes, he did. Like I said, he he pulled a rabbit out of the hat with the trades we made at the deadline, got us to the Western Conference Finals. But again, 
you're you're correcting your own mistake. We started two and ten for a reason because we put a team together that was not competitive, was not going to win. So did he fix his mistakes? Great, great. Has he done a good job? Yes. Is 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 he is he the worst general manager in the league? No. Um, but. But he but, did, but he did well episode, with what he had to work with. the trade deadline, you wanted him gone, and that would only sign that would only be the case if he was the worst GM in the league. Well, I don't remember if I if I specifically said that he should be fired. I think I said that if he is not able to get this team to where it needs to be and improve it and make it a championship team, then you might have to find somebody else. So we oh, win a championship wait, this year. You hear that politically correct way he did that, Billy? So maybe funny. I'll apologize. Hey, we, if we win a championship this year and you're right and this bringing everybody back was the right move and it all works and, and D'Lo doesn't average six points a game, the Western Conference Finals, we win the championship, then, 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 then talk to me. So we'll see. Let's see how it goes. All right. Well, I'm glad you brought up the, the two and ten start because I'm going to get into that here. So uh, more than who we signed and re-signed, I would, I would like to just touch on what Billy and I and even some of our guests have talked about on this show. And uh, that's our favorite word. What is it, Billy? Consistency. Continuity. Oh, okay. Well. <laughs> so I had to do a little digging for this, but it, it was a fun exercise for me, and I, I enjoyed it. And to my knowledge, this is a stat that no one's ever heard before. Um, it took me about three hours to research all this insert Billy's heart attack here. <laughs> uh, but it's all good because I like doing little analytical breakdowns like this. So so what I did was I took a look at the last five seasons of NBA champions going back to the 2018-19 season. So the Nuggets, the Warriors, the Bucks, the Lakers, and the Raptors. And then what I did was I looked back at each team's roster from the year before they won the championship to see who they carried over into the year they actually won the championship. Basically, what I was looking for was what kind of value were teams putting into continuity and keeping their teams together. Does that make sense? You guys still with me? Yep. Anthony? Yeah, yeah, nothing new here. Go. Yeah, okay. continue. I thought, just make sure, thought, thought maybe since I was doing my dissertation, you went, you went downstairs and made breakfast or something. Okay. <laughs> now, before I get into my findings, I will say this. There are a few caveats, and uh, it, it isn't a perfect stat, and it doesn't tell the whole story as to why a team may or may not win a championship, but it's definitely something worth noting. Um, it's kind of like your favorite stat, uh, PER, Anthony. You love that stat. But uh, there, 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 are, <laughs> there are a lot of experts that refer, that refer to PER, so you know. with that being said, here's the numbers. So. The 2023 champions, the Denver Nuggets, they brought back eight players from the season before, from last season. Uh, Concord, Gordon, Jeff Green, Highland, Jokic, Murray, Porter, Reed. Let me read through all these because I know you're going to have questions as I'm reading these names, but just let me read through it and then I'll, I'll explain at the end. So the 2022 champions, the Golden State Warriors, they brought back nine players. So Curry, Green, Lee, Looney, Poole, Thompson, JTA, Wiggins, and Wiseman. The 2021 champions, the Milwaukee Bucks, they brought back seven players. Giannis, Thanasis, Connaughton, DiVincenzo, Lopez, Middleton, and DJ Wilson. The 2020 champions, the Los Angeles Lakers, brought back the lowest on this list, actually, only six players. So KCP, Alex Caruso, Kyle Kuzma, LeBron, JaVale, and Rondo. 
And finally, the 2019 champions, the Raptors, they brought back a whopping 11 players to that team. So Ananobi, Brown, Ibaka, Lowry, Miles, Miller, Powell, Siakam, Valanchunas, Van Vliet, and Wright. So, and then on some side analysis, I looked at who the Lakers brought back every year since our championship team in 2020. So in 2021, we brought back, surprisingly, uh, 10 players. Actually, that was a surprise to me. So we brought back 10 players, KCP, Caruso, Kuzma, LeBron, Quinn Cook, Dudley, Morris, THT, AD, and KCOP. First round exit, but Anthony, you always make the argument that we could have won that whole thing that season if not for the injuries, right? I do. I, I really like that team. I thought that team was actually even better than the championship team, and I thought that team could have won if we would have stayed healthy. I, I agree with that. Yes. 2022, we blew it all for Russ and only brought back three players, AD, THT, and LeBron, and we didn't even make the playoffs. And then this past season, 2023, we only brought back four players, and we were you know, pretty much on the brink again of not making the play. So Rob worked his magic at the deadline. So uh, and we brought back AD, LeBron, Wenyon, and Reeds only. Um, and again, somehow got to the Western Conference Finals, uh, you know, because of the, the the trades that Rob made at the deadline. Now, this offseason, we'll be, be we'll be bringing back, assuming no one gets waived, at least nine players from last season in D'Lo, LeBron, AD, Reeds, Rui, Scotty Pippen Jr., Cole Swider, Christy, and Vando. So that would be the most returning players for us since the injury riddled 2021 season where, you know, we could have won it all. Um, but again, it's not a perfect stat. You know, some of the caveats here um, was I had to go back all the way to the 2017-18 to find out who the Raptors brought back to their 2018-19 championship season. Um, and that was the season uh, that started the two-way contracts. So essentially from 2017 and on, you know, two-way contracts are kind of, jumbled into these uh, list of players, essentially. So, um, and then these lists included all players, uh, all players, rookies, vets, two ways um, that were truly a part of the team before or from the deadline, not players added in the off season before the championship season. Uh, because sometimes you can get a roster online and it makes it seem like the player was there the season before, but they weren't, they were just acquired in the off season in between seasons. So I had to, I had to weed all those out. So, um, and then, that at least started the championship season but were maybe traded at the deadline since the point of this exercise is team building and continuity so i was even even though some of these players on these lists may may not have been there to win the championship they at least started the season um and you know again the the point of the exercise was who did teams bring back from the previous season and just kind of the the mindset around continuity but so in closing i'll just say this in the last five years no team has won an nba championship without bringing back at least six players from the previous season, which is 40% of a 15 man roster. So maybe it's something, maybe it's not, but again, in my mind blowing up teams is just not the answer. Um, we got to build some continuity and that's why I'm excited about this season. You're right, Anthony, that we're, we're, we're finally going to have a season where we brought back a good majority of players. Um, and I think it, it definitely puts us in contention. So uh, okay, first of all, I'd like the uh, jury to note that if I talked that long about something, you guys would be screaming your heads off complaining about me. You did. You spent the first 15 minutes of this pod talking about that long. I, I'm, I'm, I'm screaming in my head, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, part of the reason why I love stats is because you can f use a stat to reflect so many different things. 
and and not I'm not talking about a negative way. I'm talking about an interesting way. You can always use stats to you know to figure something out or to gain perspective on something. And you're right, it's not they're not perfect because you can find a stat to support any argument you want to make. But that's why it's so much fun because it's always something interesting that you can either learn or identify with. Well, that, I just, I th- that I th- gives I thought, you a different perspective. And I thought it would be fun to dig into that because we're we're split on this pod. You know, the three of us are split. Me and Billy are on one side. You're on the other. It's like you said earlier in this pod, if it was up to you, you'd make trades all season long. No one would even play a game. You know, it's all about trading. It's all about moving pieces. And me and Billy are more like it's, it's you got to have continuity. And the stack kind of supports that in a way. You know, yeah, and, and you're right. It's not perfect because you could, you could, I'm sure like, like the Raptors, for example, like some of those guys were there for a long time. Some of them were probably there for a year. Right. You know, right, like right. Kawhi wasn't there forever. So, so, so whatever you're, it's not a perfect stat. You could argue that all day, but you're right. And I'm not against continuity. I'm just, I'm just saying sometimes it doesn't work out because you do something and like you traded for Russ. It didn't work. You had, you had to correct that. You had to make changes to fix that. Right. It, it backfired. It didn't work. So sometimes it's not just a matter of always resetting the pushing the reset button just because you want to push the reset button. Sometimes you've got to correct something that you did wrong and that requires, you know, flushing the tank. Um, so it's not surprising that there's that you're making that support. And like I said, I'm not against it. Uh, I just, for me, like, for example, you guys very much were in favor of bringing back Reeves, Ruby and D'Lo. I would have, in a just hypothetical, if you if you could tell me that we could turn right now, today, if you're telling me that we could trade Rui and D'Lo for Kyrie, I would do it. You guys probably wouldn't, but I would. So that's just that's just you know the philosophies and of of how we differ, like you said. And it's not about continuity; it's just about you know I value this guy more than that guy, and you guys might just value the continuity over the player over the the ability or however you want to quantify it and two sometimes you could you could replace the word continuity with experience right that's why if you go back and look at champions young teams just don't win right if you've got a young inexperienced team you just don't win a championship because it's hard you have to have that experience you have to you have to have guys that have been there before and that you know is like i said is another way to look at continuity, right? Experience, continuity, you you can plug in, you know, different keywords, but it kind of ties into why young teams don't win because they don't have that continuity or that experience yet. Um, so yeah, real quick, uh, we just want to touch, you know, uh, summer league of course is also upon us. And um, this week, the Lakers uh, started the California Classic. So the Vegas Summer League starts, um, uh, I think, uh, towards the end of the week, weekend and into next week. Um, but they have little tournaments, the, the, the California Classic in Sacramento. And then I think uh, they have like a little like a Salt Lake City little summer league uh, similar to the California Classic. Uh, so we just want to talk about the, the first game that the Lakers played uh, against the Miami Heat. Uh, they lost 107 to 90, but that's not what Summer League is about. Summer League is about just watching the young players identifying, you know, the rookies when Wemby gets out there eventually and Brandon Millers and those guys that, you know, the young, talented players that everyone wants to see in Summer League. Uh, the Lakers obviously have a few rookies that are out there, you know, Fino, uh, you know, Christie in his second year, he's sort of the 
the, you know, the, the leader of the summer league, if you will, for the Lakers, uh, Lewis, the other Lakers uh, rookie, uh, Castleton, uh, one of the two-way players, uh, Swider, another second-year guy that's on the team. Uh, so I just wanted quickly a little recap of what, uh, what, you know, what I saw, what I liked out of the first game, uh, Fino, uh, looked, looked pretty good. You could see the athleticism, the, the shot isn't there yet, especially from three. Um, but he looked athletic, looked like he's definitely got, you know, some ability. Uh, I think he finished with like 15 and five, um, but struggled with the three. So that's something he's, that we know he's definitely, you know, got to improve on, uh, Swider, Looked like he's kind of, you know, the same. I don't know if that's necessarily good or bad, but um, he he had 13 of five. He was, uh, I think, three for six from three. So he looks like he can, you know, still still be that uh, potential three point uh, stretch guy. Uh, Christie uh, looked real good. I think he he had 17 points, six rebounds, four assists. I think he even hit a three. So I think there's a lot of excitement around Christie and what he might do in year two, the leap that he might take um, in year two. Uh, Lewis didn't play a ton. He had seven points, uh, three rebounds, but uh, he's definitely long and lean. And he looks like he is a guy that, that knows how to get his shot, uh, you know, like attack the hoop, be able to get his shot off. And I, I thought Castleton, uh, you know, the big man from Florida looked, looked pretty good. He came off the bench with 11 and five and two blocks. So he could be a nice uh, two-way player that the Lakers might be able to use, uh, you know, depth-wise. Because like we talked about before, Billy, I still think the Lakers are going to look to add another big and maybe hopefully another three-point shooter. Because that's my biggest concern out of free agency as everything we did was great. But I still think that we didn't get enough three-point shooting. Um, but uh, yeah, I think this Lakers Summer League team will be, you know, be fun. They're athletic and versatile and it'll be really fun to see particularly how Fino, Lewis and uh, Castleton play. Uh, did you guys get a chance to catch any of it uh, this week? Yeah, you know, um I think you pretty much hit on everything. Um you know, Max Christie looked real good. Um I like seeing him and uh Jaime Yaquez uh going at it. Um you know, that was fun. Um what about that trap right out of the gate though? That that was crazy, right? Yeah, the pressure, you know, um, yeah, caused a turnover. You know, defense is our is our culture, I think, all the way down to summer league, you know, um, and Darvin Ham has instilled that in in his team and in the coaches. And, um, you know, I I love seeing that. I don't think I've ever seen a start to a game like that where where they trapped like right out of the jump ball, you know, so um, that was pretty cool to see. But, um, yeah, you know, um, Hodge looked good too. I know he only had like seven points, but, um, you know, 50% shooting, um, looked like he had a pretty good feel for the game. Um, Castleton looked okay until he got posterized. (laughs) That was a pretty crazy poster, right? Um, but, um, an interesting, uh, comparison though, uh, as you guys heard me last week comparing, uh, Fino to Lonzo, right? And Lonzo, I I went back and looked because I remember him not having a good, first game to summer league and he went two for 15 in his summer league debut Fino six for 19 0 for five from three you know mm-hmm. so um you know a lot of that could be jitters because then Lonzo kind of found his footing and I think went on to win MVP of summer league that 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 year so um you know probably just nerves you know a little bit of jitters um again some comparisons Anthony you mentioned his shot his, his three-point shot does look kind of like kind of weird it's 
high arching. It, it's yeah, it's abnormally high, right? Yeah. So and and that was that was a question for Lonzo too. You know, uh, his shot and and how it was coming off the side of his head, basically. So um, those will th- those will be things that that will probably have to be addressed. But um, yeah, like you said, I mean, we got blown out, but that's kind of kind of wasn't the point. It was just to kind of see how some of these young guys look, some of our um, some of our undrafted players and and whatnot. So. All right. Well, that about uh, wraps up another edition of the Matter of Stats podcast. As always, we appreciate you guys checking us out anywhere you get your podcast. Check out our Twitter, our IG, and our YouTube page, and we will see you back next time. Peace. Peace.